It's Wednesday, October 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the uh, baseball playoffs continued last night. The Baltimore Orioles, the best team in the American League, uh, eliminated, uh, swept out of the American League Division Series by the Texas Rangers. Right now, the Rangers, uh, one of the best teams that money can buy, uh, was uh, looks like a looks like a juggernaut at this point, uh, as far as uh, you know, just overwhelming teams with their offense. Uh, what did you see out of uh, you know the the Orioles? Really, after waiting around for five days. Uh, and not being able to pull it to the, together and, and get a win in that series, uh, their first time back in the playoffs in a long time. Yeah, Joe, it's just, it just points out what a cruel game baseball is. Uh, the Orioles win 101 games. They win the toughest division in, uh, in baseball. Uh, they, you know, they, after, what, two years ago they lost 100 games, and, uh, you know, they don't get a sniff against, uh, you know, against Texas. Texas – Sweeps them in three games, um, outscores them 21 to 11. Joe and Texas did, uh, and uh, Texas started this, uh, you know, playoff run against against Tampa Bay as a wild card. Swept the uh, the the Rays, outscored them 11 to one, and uh, the Rays had the second best record in in the American League with 99 wins. So Texas is on a roll. And uh, it just goes to show you, Joe, power rules in the postseason. The Rangers had a 6 nothing lead two, after two innings. Um, they hit uh, three home runs on the way to the win. Rangers have won, had won uh, before playing at home. They'd won four straight road games in the playoffs. That's, uh, that's a credit to, you know, all the, the, the big free agent signings and the, the way that that team was assembled and brought together uh, spending, uh, you know, gobs and gobs of money. Uh, it just means that, you know, the biggest signing that they had was bringing in Bruce Bochy. At least that's my opinion on it. Yeah, Bochy did a great job. And Evaldi, what about Evaldi? The second really big start of the postseason. He goes seven innings, five hits, one run, seven Ks. Of course, he's got, you know, a 6 nothing cushion after two. That makes it a lot easier, but uh, he's pitched well as well. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you step out there in a playoff game and you've already got a six-run lead. You can you can attack hitters in a way that, you know, you, you can't really do that uh, if it's a closer game, uh, in, especially in the postseason. And, uh, you know, for, for as good as Baltimore was during the regular season, you got to remember – uh, it's a very young team. It's a very young lineup. It's a very inexperienced lineup uh, in a lot of places. Uh, you know, some of their best players are their youngest players. And, uh, you know, they just hadn't experienced that before. Yeah, yeah. They just, they they didn't hit. They lose the one close game, the first game, 3-2. And that kind of set the tone. And uh, they really never got any traction going after that. I think they lose game two, 11 to eight. You know, they come back late, but you know, they had, they had nothing left, uh, uh, yesterday, Joe. They just got, they just got beat up. Uh, uh, their, their starting pitcher, Kramer, doesn't get out of the second inning. Uh, just the tough, uh, just a tough way to go. It is, you know, you just think about that, Joe. You start, 
You start playing baseball, what, in February 15th. You go to spring training, the middle of February. You know, you play you play 162 games through six months. You, you win 100, 101 games, and then you're gone in a flash, man. You know, I, I, I always remember what uh, Terry Francona said. You know, the, the postseason doesn't end gently. It comes, you crash into the wall, and it's over. <laughs> it's, a, it's a car accident. You know, you, 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 all of a sudden, you, you hit the wall. Um uh, yeah, I, I do. You think that with the Baltimore and with uh, with the Dodgers really facing what they're they're facing right now, they could be eliminated uh, today if, if by Arizona. Um, these are teams that that sat around for five days after the end of the regular season. Uh, this idea of having a bye uh, and and you know the 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 top two teams in each uh, each league, um, you know, having to wait for the wild card round to be over. Uh, is it a, is it enough of a dis, disadvantage to these teams maybe to uh, want to see a, a change or, or some sort of uh, tweaking of the format? Yeah, I don't know, Joe. You know, once they what there's what each league's not you got twelve teams now. I don't know how else you set you know how else you set it up to you know keep the uh, you know the importance of the division series, the winning the division. If if not. Right. You know, I think baseball wants to keep that that winning the division is is a big thing, and uh, it's kind of a freakish thing that you know Baltimore you know kind of goes out like this. But I still think you'd probably like to have that five days or the four days off to set your rotation and let your guys heal up a little bit. But still, it's you know it can be a it can work to you know it can it can work against you as well as we've seen. Well, I, I mean, it, baseball wants to see that be a you know a, a reward for winning your division, yes, but but they also want to see their best teams advance out of the first uh, you know, out of the division round of the playoffs. They want to mm-hmm. see their best teams playing in the league championship series and playing in the World Series. And when you know your teams with the best records are sitting at home watching after the divisional round, I, I think that's a that's a problem too. And you, you, you maybe you can't have both have it both ways, but uh, certainly there's got to be a way to to make sure a team like though even Atlanta is is up against it, you know, in their division uh, division series. So you you think about it, these the teams with the best records uh, should have some sort of you know positional advantage in those brackets to to sort of advance. And and I don't know if if making them take five days off and and get rusty. It, I, I just think back to, you know, in the past when uh, when the uh, when Cleveland had time off between playoff series, how they had to, you know, play sim games and, and that kind of stuff uh, between uh, between rounds of the playoffs. It, it, it's it's not uh, not a great uh, thing for a manager to have to try and figure out to, to keep that competitive energy flowing. Yeah, you know, and and we both know, and you talk to any manager, you know, baseball is a game of rhythm. It's a game of you know momentum. You know, you play every day in the uh, off se- in the, during the regular season, or you get a couple, de- you get a day off here and there, maybe a rain out, but rarely do you go two or three days except the All Star break without playing. So yeah, it does it does break uh, your rhythm, and I think. You know, Joe, that's where experience comes in. Like you were saying about the Orioles, you have to know how to handle that. You have to know uh, how to, t- you know, kind of use that, that those those three or four off days to your advantage. And and sometimes that's hard to do. 
The uh, the other division series, uh, Houston is up two games to one on Minnesota after Christian Javier uh, gives them five strong innings. Uh, it just seems like uh, Houston f- always finds a way to get uh, good pitching outings out of these guys late in the season, down the stretch in the playoffs. Uh, Javier comes up with another, uh, you know, he walked five, but he struck out nine and he, he danced out of some really uh, difficult situations and then, uh, you know, gave Houston's offense enough time to come alive and, and give him some runs. Yeah, you know, five scoreless for Javier and another game in which power, you know, you know, made the difference, Joe. Uh, they uh, The Astros hit four home runs, two by our old buddy Jose Abreu. Uh, one a monster shot, but uh, you know they struck. Uh, Abreu hits a three-run homer in the first inning again and again. You know we've seen in these postseasons the team that scores early usually is is the team that wins. And you know Houston just made a statement. You know in the in the first inning, Abreu the three-run homer, then uh, Ber- uh, Bregman and Alvarez, who's a monster, just they they followed with home runs as well. Uh, Abreu hits two. So, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, an all around, uh, you know, performance by the Astros. And, you know, they're what, Joe, they're 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 one win away from getting back to the ALCS. Yeah, they, they just squeak in, uh, you know, uh, and uh, at the the, in the end of the season, it, it you know, there was a question whether or not they'd even be in the playoffs uh, at, at one point, you know, late in September. But uh you know, now they're. Uh, it looks like they're. We're heading towards a, a Houston, Texas, uh, our Houston uh, Rangers Astros. Um, uh, you know, American League Championship Series if if things continue, and uh, that's it, it's just interesting the way that these two teams were put together and, and built for this sort of moment in uh, in the postseason. You talk about uh, Jordan Alvarez being a, a monster. This is definitely his time of year. This is when uh, when yeah he, uh, he really just sort of becomes that focal point of their offense. And uh, we've seen it in the past before. Uh, he's, he's really hard to stop. I uh, want to remind our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to get updates uh, from myself. and from, I'm sorry, not from myself, from me and from Hoinsey uh, during the playoffs and uh, during the Guardians managerial search. Uh, we're going to uh, talk here in a minute about the uh, the search for the Guardians manager but as soon as we find things out, we text our subscribers. It's $3.99 a month uh, to subscribe. Uh, go to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346 to sign up for subtext. Hoinsey, uh, the latest we are hearing from the uh, the Guardians, from the manager search, uh, not much in terms of who they've already interviewed or who's still on the list. Uh, more like uh, elimination candidates that that we can sort of cross off the list at this point. Uh, the um, the Brewers had their uh, media session, uh, end of the season media session uh, this week, and really it sounds like Craig Council uh, is a guy that if you you want to talk to him, you're going to have to wait until his contract is up uh, at the the end of the month. Um, otherwise, uh, the the Brewers are are still fully intending to to try and bring him back uh, if that's the way he decides to go. But uh, we've heard nothing in terms of uh, how they want to approach a Craig council. Uh, He seems more ticketed towards, uh, you know, the Mets and their, their number one target as well. Uh, We heard from Kevin cash earlier this week uh, saying that he's happy where he is. 
and he's under contract through 2025 in Tampa Bay. And Aaron Boone, uh, another guy who, uh, you know, might be an attractive candidate for Cleveland uh, if he were to to be let go in New York. Looks like he's staying put there. What do you think the chances are that the the Guardians' next manager uh, comes from a a pool of of, uh, candidates, guys who who either have currently are currently in a a managerial position with another team or, uh, you know, were so this year? You know, I I don't know, Joe. I mean, uh... You know, I don't think he's gonna. They're gonna come from a uh, you know a, t- a guy that um, or you know a, a, a manager that managed in the big leagues this year. I, I just don't see that happening. I think they're they're whittling that list down. Uh, you know, I think uh, they're they're conducting interviews. I think they've you know gone through a, a number of internal candidates that they've talked to. Uh, I still think it's going to come from you know the coaching ranks from outside the organization. You know, we've talked a bunch about a bunch of bench coaches. You know, you know coaches like that. You know, maybe perhaps a pitching coach, that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, right now, uh, you know, they're playing it close to the vest. They're not saying a whole lot, but I do not think it's going to come from a, uh, it's got, it's not going to be like a guy like Phil Nevin who, who got, who just got fired from the angels. You know, the angels are looking for, for a manager. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a guy like that. I still think it's going to be, you know, a, a younger guy, a guy that, you know, was on the bench or was on someone's coaching staff. It's the time of the uh, of the off season and, and in this managerial search, where we sort of have to play like a like an FBI profiler. We have to <laughs> to give a sketch of a a candidate that we sort of think fits a, a few different uh, you know criteria. But uh, you know I, I'm I'm sitting down with my sketch pad trying to draw what this uh, what this manager will look like. And and you're right. I think he comes from uh, you know somebody else's bench or somebody else's staff or you know, is a is a base coach or a, uh, has these different connections to uh, the Guardians or, 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 you know, people around the 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 franchise that, uh, you know, have built relationships as well. So, um, you know, something to keep an eye on and keep in mind when when you're thinking about who uh, the next candidate will be so that, you know, when one of these guys gets gets named, it's not a huge surprise out of out of nowhere. Uh, that that we've had some of these 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 candidates in mind. All right, let's talk awards. Let's uh, let's get down to it and, and talk about uh, the potential for uh, the Guardians and some of their players to uh, be uh, you know be candidates for postseason end of season awards. Uh, usually uh, <clears throat> those come out uh, around November, uh, the end of October, uh, after the end of the World Series. Uh, you know, the week or two later is when the, the BBWAA awards start coming out, and those are the big ones. But you've also got some other uh, awards that are important, too, and and some guys that uh, – some candidates from the Guardians who will be in contention but probably won't win awards other than uh, maybe some of the defensive awards. Let's start with uh, with Tanner Bybee, uh, a, a candidate, a strong candidate for for Rookie of the Year. I think not the top candidate. I think not a guy who's who's likely to win the award, uh, but I would be shocked if he doesn't finish among the top three finalists for the award in the American League. Yeah, he certainly deserved it, Joey. You know, he obviously ended the year on the uh, IL with that hip injury. Probably, uh, you know, it, 
but he what maybe he didn't make his last start of the season. I don't think he would have made too many more, you know, after he got after he hurt the the hip. Uh, but uh, what ten and two just did a great job. Uh, came up in at the end of April. Um, you know, I think he had 25, you know, 25 plus starts. You know, he did everything you could you could want from a uh, a rookie starter. Uh, he made adjustments on the fly, which is really a tough thing for a young guy to do in the big leagues. Uh, did not seem overwhelmed. Showed confidence. You know, showed great stuff. Uh, yeah, I think he's very deserving of. Uh, you know, getting uh, getting finishing in the top three of the American League Rookie of the Year award. I don't know if he's going to win it. He probably doesn't win it, but uh, I think he's right there, Joe. Yeah, from uh, June 18th to August 13th, he won seven straight decisions. And uh, you know, Gunnar Henderson seems to be the uh, the favorite there, the uh, Baltimore uh, you know shortstop third baseman. Uh, he he sort of took advantage of Josh Young of Texas uh, going down and missing a, a bunch of time on the injured list. Uh, I think that uh, it, it's among those two as the, the sort of the top two candidates. But uh, think about how important it is for Tanner Bybee personally uh, to finish among the top two in rookie of the year voting. Uh, he could earn an extra, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's based on the new rules. Uh, there's a, um, uh, a, a way for him to earn like extra service time or, or get that, um, you know, get closer to free agency. Uh, if, uh, if, you know, he, he finishes among the top two in uh rookie of the, year, of the year voting, if I'm, if I'm correct on that, uh, there's, there's a reason why, you know, the guardians are, you know, supportive of him as a rookie of the year candidate, but sort of hoping that he finishes third. Yeah. And I think there's money involved too. I think class right. A, you know, Class A won, uh, you know, I think maybe a million, an extra million or something. I know he got extra money for, uh, for I think, winning the, uh, winning the, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, top reliever in the American League last year. Right. But that money, I that's uh, contract related with, with, with Class A. I don't yeah, think that's... But there's a bonus. Isn't there a bonus for if you finish? Right, yeah. Depending you, get the, on... you get uh, money out of that rookie bonus pool. Uh, yeah, they instituted yeah, right, with, uh, right. with the uh, the agreement. So, so yeah, I think uh, Bybee. It's a, it's something to keep an eye on. Bybee might not win that award, but him finishing uh, second would uh, would certainly be uh, of interest for the Guardians uh, moving forward. Uh, other award candidates, uh, BBWAA candidates, at least uh, you've got to consider Jose Ramirez uh, a, an MVP candidate in terms of uh, the ballots are ten deep, and I think. You'd be hard pressed to find ten more, you know, worthy candidates uh, than Jose Ramirez. I think he should get some some down ballot votes for MVP. Not saying that he would finish in the top, uh, you know, five or top three like he has in the past, but uh, you really got to strongly consider Jose Ramirez as a down ballot MVP candidate. Yeah, he's their best player, Joe, and he, uh, you know, he had kind of he didn't have a uh, an out, you know, that that eye-popping year that he usually has but he had a very steady very strong year considering you know the that uh the lineup around him i thought he played well he played well at, on defense uh you know and uh, you know another productive year yeah he should finish he should get some mvp votes for sure you mentioned uh emmanuel class a and the reliever of the year uh award 
last season. Um, you know, this year, clearly there were stronger candidates in terms of, uh, you know, some of the numbers. I think uh, Felix Bautista of uh, Baltimore, but but he didn't finish the year. Uh, he, he was injured and, you know, missed almost two months uh, at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they take that into account when they when they do the voting there. Uh, but uh, again, this is the second year in a row that Class A has led baseball in in um, in saves. Uh, I think you've, you've got to consider him uh, among the best relievers in the American League, despite you know, you can't really tell if he had a good year or a bad year with the uh, the 12 blown saves. So uh, I think when when they're announcing the reliever of the year award, uh, you've got to, uh, you know, have the possibility there of Class A uh, possibly winning it. No doubt about it. 44 saves. I, I think the guy's more more machine than man, Joe. If you look <laughs> over his last three years, I mean, over 70 appearances each year. Uh, what, he had 42 saves last year, 44 saves this year. Yeah, he, he was a little, he was erratic this year. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, uh, what, 12, 13 blown saves. That's a lot of saves. So you lead the league. You lead baseball in saves. You lead it in blown saves. So, you know, he get, he get, there's a little bit of everything for somebody, you know, for the voters there. But I, you know, I think, uh, you know, Joe, he, to me, he could, he could, he, you could even consider him for some MVP votes because what he pitched in over almost half of their games, right? They're right, figuring, yeah. and I don't know what the percentage is <laughs> well, that he figured in in their wins. You know, well, 76 wins. I would love to sit in a room and watch you try to explain to some of our listeners and some of our subject subscribers <laughs> and, and some of our uh, followers on Twitter and all that to uh, uh, how how Emmanuel Class A could be considered an MVP candidate uh, this year. That's there there would be some mental gymnastics in that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's the MVP in the sense that if he had if he had maybe converted half of those blown saves. Uh, the the team would maybe be in have have a shot at winning the division, but uh, I don't know. I it, yeah, it, he's he was it, he was in a most valuable position. I just don't know that he came through. Uh, yeah, as, yeah, as that's a good way to. of putting it. Yeah. Um. Uh. As far as the uh, defensive awards, uh, you're talking about like the Fielding Bible Awards and the Gold Glove uh, awards. Uh, certainly, Andres Jimenez and Stephen Kwan. Uh, should be under heavy consideration at their positions. Uh, possibility of a mild straw repeating as well as a gold glove uh, candidate there. Uh, it, it, but that's that's about it for for defense on on the uh, the Guardians as far as uh, you know those positions go. Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, uh, Jimenez has that great WAR. You know, I think he had the best WAR on the team. Uh, defensive war. He, I think he might have been, uh, you know, the American League leader among mm-hmm. uh, position players. Uh, yes. So, you know, that, that he gets he gets big props that way. And, you know, and you don't need that. Oh, you don't need the war, the war stat to uh, to uh, verify that. All you got to do is watch him every day, Joe. We we had the pleasure of doing that. And uh, he plays second base like uh, few few people we've seen play it. And the same goes for Quan. I, I love to watch him in left field. I mean, there's there's not too many balls that get by him there. He knows how to play the ball off the uh, the wall in left field. He's got a great arm. 
you know, really moves well. And and Straw, you know, if Straw could hit 250, you know, you could you could play him every day in in center field, and he could win a Gold Glove every year because of the way he plays uh, defense. But uh, you know, I, uh, but it's still really, you know, the uh, you know left field and center field, uh, not too many not too many balls uh, hit the ground when those two guys are out there. No, I think one of the most impressive things you can see out of Quan is the way that, like you mentioned, the way he plays the ball off the wall, uh, the one hop and immediately uh, stabbing it and, and getting it into the infield. He impressed Dusty Baker with a, uh, a play like that uh, earlier in the season, and uh, he just continued to get better this year. Um, and like you said, Jimenez, the catch-22 for Jimenez at second base is if he if he ever has any aspirations of playing shortstop, uh, he's he, he's playing second base so well that he's all, almost playing his way out of shortstop. Uh, you know, by by making the reasoning he's so good at second, why would you make yourself weaker by moving him? Uh, I I really think that uh, what he's done there at second base is is uh, uh, is, is impressive. Just uh, knowing that his heart sort of is over at shortstop, but but he's he's giving you his best at second base every season. Um, all right, Hoinsey, uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll uh, check back in with you again tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll see if we have any more updates on on the manager or, uh, um, you know, the, the postseason. Good deal, Joe.